We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome and thank you once again for joining us here on Refuge Freedom Stories. My name is Sean. I'm your guest host today. I'm so pleased to be able to join you once again, and I have a great guest here for us today. He is retired, but then decided he needed another hobby, so he began a podcast in his 70s. Gail Stark is our guest here today. His podcast is about the development of a devotional series based on sermons that his dad brought to the pulpit some 40 to 60 years ago, but they are still, as we all know, things from the past can be still relevant to us today. And Gail, thanks very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we know that sometimes people say this word retired and they just put it around the garden, but your story's not that. What led you to decide that podcasting was something that you would want to delve into? It's really kind of interesting, at least to me, maybe to no one else, but at least to me. The fact of the matter is that when my dad passed away, he left me 40 years of sermons. And thankfully, he left them in a legible state passed in 1996. So I have been looking at these for the last 25 years and trying to figure out what to do with them. And so it suddenly dawned on me that we have the technology that, uh, like we're using today, that a person can make a podcast and he, he doesn't have to be particularly technically oriented in order to make that happen. So I started looking at them and I realized that what I was reading was still pretty consistent with what I, I remember hearing back when he talked. And it just seemed like a way to honor him and to bring them out. So it's been exciting. That's beautiful. It really, really is. So just with what you said, you have probably been following the Lord for a considerable length of time in your life, but let's talk a little bit about that, how the Lord has been in your life, and and what does that look like for you? When did you find your faith of the Lord? Because we want to encourage people that faith in Jesus is what gets us through. So tell us a little bit about that journey for you from an early age, and, and just kind of give people a, you know, a little snapshot, maybe a couple minutes of what it was like growing up as a pastor's kid and hearing all these great sermons and talk a little bit about your journey. Well, of course, as a preacher's kid, or as one of my more intelligent young friends once said, a theologian's offspring, it is absolutely true that the Lord has been in my life from very early on. And I never really had a time when I doubted that. 
So when you say, is there a aha moment, you know, that I have, I really can't think of one of those. But when you sit there as a preacher's kid, when you look at what a pastor does and how they spend their life, well, you are spending your formative years, you don't know it at the time, of course, but you're spending your formative years very heavily involved in, in a lot of church activities and, and more than just the youth activities and everything else. I mean, I was the most popular little kid in the old ladies group, you know, and, and actually got Christmas presents from the old ladies group every year when I was uh, eight, nine, 10 years old. And so when you're in a moderate sized church and there is no assistant pastor and there's a very small staff that is running the church, well, if the church doors are open, pastor needs to be there. And if the church doors are open, the pastor's wife generally needs to be there. And when they have kids, well, you know, they can't really afford babysitters. So you spend a lot of time hanging out at the church one way or another. So you have this as a basis. And so I can't say that I've been a wonderful churchgoer in my entire life. In all honesty, another time, you know, might tell you why preacher's kids are the worst members that you can possibly have in a church. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that you have such a base built up in that, that it never goes away and that you are using the Lord and you're using Christ as your center point the entire time that you're in life everywhere. Exactly. And sometimes people don't understand that we can have those faith-filled moments and sometimes we can walk away, but he's always there. We can't run away from him because he's always there waiting for us to come back home. Yep, that's exactly right. So let's talk a little bit before we delve into how you got into the podcasting. In the pre-retirement, what did Gail do and, and what were some of the things that attracted you to go down the route you're in now with the podcast? Let's talk a little bit about your past and how you spent most of your adult career. Well, I spent my first 20 years in the U.S. Army. And when I retired, you know, from the U.S. Army, still a relatively young man at that time, I went to work with a defense contractor who I worked with then for another 18, 19 years. And when I hit my 60s, my wife and I, and, and at that time, our daughter, who was about to be a freshman in high school, decided that we didn't really want to live in the area that we were living at that time, which was in the St. Louis, Missouri area on the Illinois side, but that doesn't matter. But we decided that, that we needed a, another place to live. And so we came down here and my job did not transition down here. And so I, at age 60, 61, came down here with no job, you know, a wife, of course, no family, you know, just kind of up in the air. So I went out and started finding other things to do and uh, did uh, insurance, you know, for eight or nine years just to keep myself off the street, which, by the way, I might add, if you want a humbling experience, you know, go from a, you know, mid-level manager type position to an entry-level insurance agent, you know, and that is truly a humbling experience. But when I got done doing that, you know, I look back and I've always been technically oriented, you know, so working with a computer, working on the computer has never been anything that was scary by any stretch of the word. And I always felt that I was technically competent. Uh, certainly not coding, but in using the programs that are on there. So I looked around and I said, you know, there has to be something that I can do, you know, that doesn't take really large learning curve on how I get to do that. And unfortunately, and my wife would tell you that I've always enjoyed talking, although maybe not in this type of forum, but, uh, you know, talking is, is a thing that comes fairly naturally to me. So I looked at that and, and said, well, you know, do a podcast. But then I said, well, 
you got to get guests to do a podcast, as I'm sure that you're aware. And that's a challenge, you know, and, and what I found is that I can talk to anybody for about 20 minutes, but if it goes over 20 minutes, then I really have a hard time, you know, keeping on the conversation as we do that. So as I look at that and how to get guests, I said, well, that's rapidly becoming more difficult than what I want to challenge myself with. So then I go, well, what can I do that I'm just talking? And then I looked over and and saw my dad's sermons that were sitting there. And that was kind of the aha moment that I had when I looked at those and had been wondering what to do with them for so long. But when I was able to pull them out and be able to work through them and, and, you know, highlight the areas of his sermon that I wanted to bring out and then add in my own thoughts at the same time, it became pretty obvious that, that this was a thing that, that I could do. And, um, you know, the response has been pretty good up to this point. That's beautiful how God will take something that we're not even expecting and, and just turn it into something. It's not like you hadn't looked at them since 1996, but being able to take uh, th- those messages and share them with today's audience. What's your process? Do you read through certain ones for certain times a year? How do you process which ones you're going to prepare with and move forward with? They are in um, small three-ring binders. My dad typed out every sermon that he did every every week. I mean, the discipline that that has, that week after week after week after week. And I have clear memories of him sitting in his office doing this. But he would type out the sermon, and, and then he would practice it. And by Sunday, of course, he was really a very good man behind the pulpit. And the fact that no one would know, you know that he had this typed out. You know, it was presented in, in such a clean manner. But by having it typed out, it also made it legible, thank God. And so I was able to make copies because, I mean, the papers are now 40, 50 years old, so they're getting a little fragile. And to be able to take them and then highlight, you know, the certain areas that I wanted to do. Now, picking the ones, I mean, I have 40 years of them. So picking the ones, I will literally just kind of go in at random and I will pick out a year or, you know, six months of, of sermons. And then I will just kind of lee through. And of that, maybe three or four of those, you know, will catch my eye and I will pull those aside. And those are the ones that I'll make into podcasts. Now I save the rest. I have like 1,200 of them total. So I am in a content rich environment here when I look at that. You know, with 1,200 of them, I am just really just kind of calling the top ones that, that grab my attention at this point. Now, once I've done that, I'm able to go in and I'm able to look at it individually and quickly highlight and add notes on the side of the page of what it is that, that I want to add or subtract. And, you know, when I look at that, I, I particularly look at not just the Bible verse and, and the story that's being told there, but I'm looking at the illustrations that he used. And in 1958 or 1965, the illustrations that he used when, you know, Eisenhower was president for crying out loud, you know, it's not really the same as it might be today, you know, but when you look at it, they are surprisingly the same. The problems that they're discussing are the same. You know, the parts of the world that are the hotspots are the same. The societal problems that we have today are very much the same as they were back then, you know, so making that correlation and Making that connection is also something that is really good, you know, as you do that. Are some of them ones that you remember hearing uh, growing up, or are these just ones, as you said, they're, they're, they're popping up as, as you see them? So is there some that you remember as, as a younger man listening to that you go, oh, I want to find that one? 
You know, I wish I could say yes to that. I really do. But the answer to that is I remember more of where I was. And I can tell from the general time period of, of was I in the choir loft or was I sitting in the second pew with my mom and my sister or was I off at some school event or, you know, was I in the army at that time or anything. So I, I, I remember that more than I do any individual sermon. Sure, sure. So Gail Stark is our interview guest here on Refuge Freedom Stories. He's talking about how he is doing a podcast and developing devotionals based on sermons his dad brought to the pulpit some 40 to 60 years ago that he finds still relevant today. So let's get into that. Some of the content that was preached that 40, 60 years ago is still relevant today. What are some of the ones that you have found that are very keenly relevant to what's going on in society as people are living here? It's, it's going to be pretty obvious, you know, as you do that. In the 1950s, during the time of this, my family, you know, lived in Arkansas. At that time, you had the Little Rock integration of the Arkansas schools. You know, that is a thing. Well, you fast forward, you know, 60 years. Well, race is still an issue and we still have problems and we still have, you know, trials and tribulations that, that occur because of that. You still have world problems. In the 50s, you had the USSR, Russia. Well, we still have that as a hot point. You had the Middle East, which is still a hot point. You still have things going on in Europe that are hard. You have Africa is certainly still a challenge. So when you take a look at the world problems, I mean, you might have slightly different names, but, but the world problems still exist. And the other problems that, that you have in the world, I mean, People, alcohol, gambling, you know, societal issues, you know, that that might be a problem at one time or another. Those are still at some level, you know, issues that we have today. So as you look at that and you see these types of issues that are going on, they, they do just kind of keep rolling. I'm not sure that we'll ever solve any of them, to tell you the truth. We have done our best, but sometimes we keep muddling them up, is what a friend of mine likes to say. So you're doing it as the podcast form. Is there any possibility, as when I'm reading about the devotional form, is it something that you're considering maybe taking to other mediums as well, like maybe a print form? Or is the podcast where you feel this is where God is taking you for this time? At this time, you know, I don't have any hard plans to do that, but I have to tell you, I've been doing the podcast for six months, so I haven't been doing it for a, a long time, and I truly enjoy doing what I'm doing. My whole goal when I started this was to bring my dad's words back out. You know, before the internet, you know, if you didn't have a radio pastorate or anything else, what the pastor did, he'd stand up in the pulpit and he would preach. And as the people went home, they would, you know, hopefully talk about it that day as they got home. But it never really got recorded. It never really got over being able to listen to it over and over and over again. In many ways, it's very much the same as it was in Jesus' time, you know, because he would stand on a riverbank or, or on the side of the lake and go out in the boat, you know, and he would preach to the thing. Well, once he got done preaching, you know, there was nobody there, you know, with a camcorder, you know, going, okay, let me make sure I've got that down. And when you think of the number of translations and everything else that has gone on with that, it's amazing I mean, that's over 2,000 years ago that you're sitting there basically having the same ability to remember what was being said. So when I looked at that and I saw that, one of the jobs I had after the Army, I was able to, as part of my job, go into the National Archives. 
And I was able to walk through the back of the National Archives. And I remember looking and seeing Margaret Mead's papers. And so you have this anthropologist there. I'm sure that they're available to the right person with the right clearance at the right time at the right place. But they were just in a cardboard legal paper box, you know, with Margaret Mead, you know, whatever year it was and everything, and a series of those boxes sitting there. So when I looked at my dad's sermons, I said, well, this is a body of work, certainly not on the level of Margaret Mead, but a body of work. And, you know, what to do with that, you know, and I thought about, you know, giving it to a library, but I keep thinking of that walkthrough of those paper boxes. And I was, you know, realistically, people are not going to go look for, you know, Wallace Stark's papers, you know, as they do that. So how to bring that out so that it's going to be available to the public. In all honesty, success for me is to have as many people be able to listen to his words. And if I can reach and know that I reached, you know, 200, 250 people a week, like he did, you know, in his church services, Mm -hmm. then, you know, that's pretty neat, you know, as, as you do that, particularly if it goes on forever. But to answer your question is I do look at this and I go, there are books, there are something in here that hasn't come out yet. And, you know, I, I hope to be able to get that worked out. There you go. Now, as I'm listening to you speak to me about that relationship between you and your dad, I can hear that great relationship. Some of the people that are listening today have not had that joy in hearing the word father or dad doesn't always bring great resonance to them. What would you say to that person uh, that's listening today? Because we, we also know we have our Heavenly Father who loves us immensely as well. That's important. And that's the thing that my dad, you know, is kind of a center point of particularly in the in the last half of his ministry anyway, well, the entire ministry. But, you know, the fact that we have a loving God and that we have the ability to have salvation, that is something that, you know, my dad emphasized. And so to a person that hasn't had that, you know, one, it is available by going to the Lord. And I would truly hope that occasionally that somebody listens to the podcast and maybe they'll get a little bit of that. My dad one time said that when he preached, he recognized that you're going to have a certain number of people who had a late night or, you know, the farmers in the community who this is truly a day of rest. And, you know, they're sitting there in a warm building in a quiet space for an hour and that there there may be a little dozing that occasionally happens. And he recognized that he was not going to have an aha moment with everybody. But he did hope and he prayed that there would be one, you know, that there would be somebody in the congregation that week that would go, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way, or that is interesting, or that he might make a difference. And he said he also recognized that he was not going to know about that. You know, the odds are that, you know, he was just not going to be able to have that type of feedback on a very regular basis. Now, occasionally somebody would come up and go, wow, you know, you really helped me with the dealings with my kids or something, you know, but for the most part, you know, it's a very tough life for a pastor if he's really looking for constant gratification because, you know, his gratification has to come somewhat internally and everything from that. Definitely. As we wrap up, it sounds like this is an absolute passion and labor of love for you. How could people, if they want to check out your podcast, Gail, how could they find it? What's the name of your podcast? The name of my podcast is Son of a Preacher Podcast by GW. 
And it's available on, on most any platform that you might have. You can Google Son of a Preacher podcast by GW, and it will give you links that you can get to it at. And I certainly hope and encourage people to do that. It would make me feel good to see my numbers go up. Gail, thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us here today. God bless you as you continue to keep your dad's memory alive in this new medium. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time here.
that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.